in order to understand love, I also have to understand what is not love. The warning label of like going after your mission is once you declare your mission, the entire universe will conspire to help that mission come to life. That means sometimes there'll be challenges. That means sometimes there'll be breakdowns. That means there'll sometimes be struggles. But when we can look at all of those and say, thank you, that's when life, I believe, really gets magical. everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 236 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am elated to bring you my conversation with Brandon Collinsworth. He is, oh my goodness, so many things. At the top level, he's a human performance coach. He is also the director of human performance and innovation at Core Power Yoga, plus a Nike global trainer and an all-around really motivational and inspirational human. I had the good fortune to catch him when he was here in New York City. You want to talk about someone who is constantly on the move and very rarely stateside, and this is your guy. Brandon was in town to celebrate the launch of a new program that he developed for Core Power Yoga called Core Power Strength X. And as I sit here recording this, I am just minutes away from heading out to go take my first class and I cannot wait, but I digress. Let's talk about Brandon. Originally from Las Vegas, in today's episode, we talk about what it was like for him to grow up as he puts it in the streets, navigating poverty and finding movement from an early age, knowing that his movement practice would eventually dramatically transform his life. Brandon talks to us about what it was like to quote unquote, get everything he ever wanted, but still feel unfulfilled and unhappy. And the big pivot and risk leap of faith perhaps, so that he took traveling across the world to find himself. He goes on to talk about how he started practicing yoga and the dramatic impact that had on him, eventually leading him to major opportunities, both with Nike and, as I said at the top of this episode, Core Power Yoga. Brandon is full of so much wisdom, so much goodness. He has made it his life's mission to embody love, something that we talk a lot about in today's episode. And it's safe to say that this man is certainly on the right track. If you're not doing so yet, make sure you're following along with Hurdle on social. It's over at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And I'd love for you to take a few seconds today and leave me a voice message. Ask me a question to be featured in an upcoming episode of Hurdle. With that, let's get to hurdling. Hurdling. 
today, I am sitting down with Brendan Collinsworth. He is a human performance coach. He's also the head of human performance and innovation at Core Power Yoga. And oh my God, I can keep going. A Nike Global trainer. He also recently helped Core Power Yoga develop their Core Power Strength X offering, the first offering in 10 years. That's new. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Blessed <laughs> to be here in beautiful NYC and so excited to dive deep with you today. A little different than Costa Rica where you flew in from. A little bit different. Yeah. My, <laughs> my skin's like, what's going on? Oh my God. My skin's like, what's going on? And I've been here. <laughs> this cold weather does me no favors whatsoever. How are we feeling? I feel incredibly blessed. Okay. 2023 feels like a sun ray has just emerged beyond the clouds. And I'm in this thing I call the the God pocket. And the God pocket is this metaphorical place of concentrated focus where I'm focused on everything that is true to me and fully leaning into my potential and my purpose. I've been in it for about six months and just been leaning into the opportunities that are at hand, especially with this this juncture in history, especially where we are in the wellness space and just all the opportunities that have, you know, presented themselves. The God pocket. Yes, the God pocket. Yo, I love that terminology. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> for someone else who wants to be in the God pocket, <laughs> how do they get there? How do they get there? Yeah. So about six months ago, my mother passed away mm. and I needed to focus my energy in a really concentrated way. And I was sitting with a friend and I was like, you know what? The only way I'm going to take all of this pain and turn it purposeful is to focus on exactly what God, the universe, uh, my highest self, my purpose has for me. And so I put myself in this space of just concentrating completely on what is true to me and what is aligned with me and everything else that wasn't in alignment with that to cut out. And that's where I've been for the last six months. And I promise you the seeds that have blossomed in those six months has been absolutely incredible. So. I stepped into the God pocket six months ago in 2023 is my year of the God pocket. And I'm as an experiment just to see what happens if I use this whole year to focus on my goals, my mission, my heart and my service to see what can blossom from that. It seems and sounds really beautiful in practice, but hearing you say that, I also recognize that getting to this place where you can choose all of these things that seem good for you can be challenging because we have to then choose to do something which can be difficult, which is walking away from those things that don't serve us. Easier said than done. So how then does someone get to the place where they're okay with walking away from the things that don't serve them in favor of leveling up to being in this better for me arena? I love the question and I love how deep we've dove so quick. Like we're, <laughs> Three we're, minutes in. <laughs> we're in it. So my therapist once told me that if it is familiar to you, even though it is unhealthy, it might be comfortable. But if it's unfamiliar to you, even though it is healthy, it will be uncomfortable. A lot of times when we talk about picking up new habits or stepping into new paradigms or stepping into new spaces, if we've never been exposed to, say, healthy, it might be hard to step into that space or to adopt a new habit or step into a new paradigm or cut that relationship out or step into a new friend group. I think the key with all growth is to take that first step. And that first step 
usually wakes up what I call big mo, this big momentum and momentum takes over. And as long as we nourish those steps forward, inevitably we're shown the way. Now, for a lot of people stepping into 2023, they talk about they wanna change everything. I always say like, change one thing. Earlier we were talking about James Clear Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. Like those one things that like making your bed in the morning or like hiring a therapist, you know, signing up for a training session or hiring a trainer, these things end up being inc incredibly powerful, momentum shifting things in the long run as long as we stick with it. So for all those out there who are trying to really, you know, step into a new paradigm, take that first step. Take that first step. So this is a simplistic segue back to you taking your first step into movement, which I know happened long, long, long ago. Talk to us about the catalyst for you learning the importance of movement within your body. All right. We're going down memory lane. We back. Back in the day. So I grew up in Las Vegas, east side of Las Vegas, in the projects. And about seven, eight years old, I started to realize that my body was a mechanism to help me find deeper levels of happiness and joy within myself. In third grade, I had a PE teacher who created this thing called the Jog and Walk Stars. And we had an option. Every day at lunch, we could either play or we could run laps. And the caveat was that if you ran enough laps, you got a pizza party. And you know, as kids, if you get a pizza party, like you're motivated. But she told me one thing. She said that you're inevitably going to come up against a wall. And she said this wall is going to come in the form of a mental block or it might be this stinging cramp in your stomach. She said, I promise you, if you can push through the wall, there's something on the other side. There's gifts on the other side of that. So I remember about third grade, fourth grade, I started to play with the wall. And I started to realize that if I pushed hard enough, if I stayed with it long enough, on the other side of the resistance, there were gifts. And that became my, my intro into movement when the streets became more prevailing and I'm you know, 15, 16 years old and the, the pull of the streets became so much stronger. Mm -hmm. One of the things that kept me sane well, when my friends were getting killed, when my friends were becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol, when I'm seeing so many people around me fall short of their dreams, one of the things that kept me rooted, grounded, and in my body was my movement practice. So literally, movement and my love for the burn and my love for fitness is what pulled me out of the streets and allowed me to converse and play with the metaphorical resistance points in life to inevitably strengthen my spirit to step into my purpose. Mm. And so a lot of people step in the fitness game for aesthetics. I, by default, stepped in the fitness game because it was the only thing I had for that, that would keep me alive, that, would, that was a powerful tool for me to survive the streets. What did it look like for you at that time, your movement practice? So when I was in third, fourth grade, it was a lot of running. Mm -hmm. When I was 16 years old, I found, I was over at a friend's house and there was an apartment gym. And we found out that you could get into the apartment gym without being a resident of the apartment. We found the code somehow. And so my first like full on 
practice of movement that was consistent was I would walk five miles from my apartment building to this other apartment gym mm -hmm. almost every day. And this is back when we had a CD player. I was bumping like some old school outcast or something like that, <laughs> walking to this apartment gym to, you know, work out. And what I started seeing is like, I started getting stronger. And then all of a sudden, like I started feeling better. And the next thing you know, people are looking at me and they're like, oh, bro, you're kind of swole. Can you teach me like how to like move this way? And one thing led to another. And so finally, when I was about 19 years old, I became a trainer and it started off with $5 sessions out of my apartment gym and $5 sessions turned into 10 years of internships mm. where I'm diving deep into everything, human movement, human performance. And I loved it. And it was just a, such a deep passion. And that inevitably carried me out of the streets yeah. and into the skies of my potential. It's so impressive to hear you talk about this deep rooted passion that you were then able to make and flip into purpose. Right. And for you, to be able to have such a head on your shoulders to know that you weren't interested in all of the kind of other riffraff that was going on. Did you feel at times, though, that you were pulled into that maybe without your own agency at all? There's been a lot of different moments in the space of my career, which is now 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. 2002 is when I started the journey. Um, and growing up in Las Vegas and being that my career started in Las Vegas, there's so many different spaces to be pulled into. One of the things that I was gifted early on, I was working as a spa attendant at the Wynn Hotel, mm. basically taking care of a whole bunch of naked men coming in there, like getting their spas and like one of their eucalyptus scrubs and all that. <laughs> this, um, life coach, performance coach, had so much swagger. His name was Jamel Davenport and he came in. And at that time he was one of the biggest human performance slash life coaches in the game, which inevitably inspired me to get my master's in performance psychology because I, I wanted to connect the body and the brain and, and really like unify a holistic approach to the training that I was in and, and the protocols that I was teaching. But he told me, he said, listen, Brandon, he's like, if you really want to be successful in this game, you need to live by two things. He said, first, you need to be the example. He said, you got to walk that walk. He said, because what you do behind closed doors will always be seen in public. And that was one of the things that never pulled me into any scenes. And it always kept my heart in the right place. Like, how do I serve these people best? Well, I need to serve myself best. I need to be what I'm preaching. And I see in this space, especially the wellness industry, there's a lot of uh, talk. Embodiment is a different thing. Embodiment is hard. And Epictetus says, you know, don't talk about your philosophy, embody it. And I think that's really important. And then the second thing he told me is you can never be afraid to help people become better than you. And that was when I had to sit back for a minute and think about, because when you really think about it, like people will help you, but oftentimes they'll help you get to a certain point. But a lot of people wouldn't help you to get so good that they would not need you anymore. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to this concept of like, not giving man fish, but like teaching men to fish or teaching a person to fish so they can eat for a lifetime. You know, they say you give a man a fish, he eats once. You teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And so those two philosophies early on in my career really brought my focus to a, a place. 
that drowned out the outside noise and allowed me to really focus on on the mission of being in service to each and every person that I have an opportunity to touch. Yeah. And again, like kudos to you, because that's just such a impressive outlook, especially when you talk about your beginnings. You also mentioned charging at first $5 for people to come and work out in your apartment gym, not to blow up your spot, but you ended up at UPenn. So how does someone go from charging $5 to train people in their apartment gym to then getting to a place where arguably you're so established perhaps that you can not only make that kind of life jump, but then also maybe even afford that kind of life jump. It's incredible what is possible when the heart is in the right place. Yeah, It's like the universe is always listening. And when we're truly living from a space of intention and truth, doors open up. You know, Penn was a uh, a beautiful gift that unfolded in a way that I, I I still have to pinch myself at times because it was funny coming from Vegas. I didn't even know Penn was an Ivy League school. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually at that time I was um, interning for three years under a sports psychologist, and he was one of the University of Kansas like mindset coaches back when University of Kansas basketball was just like killing it and back in the day back in the day and he really introduced me to the the world of flow and mill high checks and mill high and like flow states and human performance and like was wild I would do 70 plus sessions a week under him I'm wow. talking about sometimes 20 plus sessions in a day and he would critique each one for three years. And this dude would pay me like 10 bucks an hour. He was making so much money off me. But he was teaching me and he drilled me for three years. And then in that space, it opened up a love for psychology. And so I was like, I want to go study performance psychology or positive psychology. And that time, there was only one program. And it happened to be like University of Pennsylvania. And wow. me not knowing that it was Ivy League, I'm like, oh, this is like ITT Tech, University of Phoenix. Uh, I'm just going to apply. And then my buddy was like, bro, that's the Ivy Leagues. And so I spent two years on one application to get into UPenn. Huh. And I knew there was no other colleges or grad schools that I applied to. I spent two years sitting at a Starbucks, taking all the GRE courses on this like one program. And I applied. The admissions date went by. I didn't hear from anybody. Last but not least, like a month after the, they closed the application, somebody dropped out. And I got that spot. Wow. And that's how I got into Penn. And so it was like. How did you know that? Did they tell you that? It, they told it like on the back end, it, it was disclosed that <laughs> I was gifted that gift. And, and I think it comes again like the universe always is going to meet us yeah. where we show up. Sometimes we just got to lean in and trust in, put it all on the table and then allow for you know, the universe to get our back fully. Yeah. And I think that that is only a concept that over the last couple of years, maybe really the last year that I personally have really leaned into. It was, it's like something as simple as me speaking to my life coach. I said to her, I want to strengthen my relationship with my brother. And she said, well, where's like the common ground? And I talked to her about how we had a history of like, we both at one point really liked CrossFit. And so we used to talk about CrossFit. And I was like, I guess I got to think about what the common ground is. And then out of nowhere yesterday, I wear a whoop regularly. And my brother texts me and he says, do I need a whoop? 
And I'm like, this is literally the universe like conspiring for us to have something like just like low hanging fruit to talk about regularly. And I recently got my dad a whoop. So I'm like, you could be in our whoop group. And so he's like, I ordered it. And so it's just it's just funny because it's something so simple, right? It's like, I'm going to think about this. But when I believe that it's twofold, it's you put something out into the universe. And I also believe that you have to be a good person. Okay. I think that it is you do good by others and have good intentions in this world. And then these things are going to come back to you and it will work for you. But regardless of if you're a good person or not, there is this baseline that like everything that is happening, whether you may perceive it as good or bad, is happening for you. Yeah. Is that definitely like a principle that you go by as well? Yeah. I mean, gratitude on all days for all things in all ways, because it's either a lesson or a blessing. And I think when we meet the universe that way, the universe responds in such a powerful way. One of the quotes I always say I live by is like, stop asking how you can get and start asking how you can give. Mm -hmm. Because when we ask how we can give, we're showing the universe, we're showing reality, we're laying down an imprint of abundance and inevitably it comes back full force. And that's what the streets really taught me. The streets taught me to be grateful. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I say about my mother and you know, rest in peace, mom, is that she was the most grateful person I've ever met. It didn't matter if we didn't have no food. It didn't matter if like the lights were off. It didn't matter if we were like, we had no heat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so this was another anchor as I started to like grow and evolve in my career and step into these spaces and places and in these more higher echelon um, circles. The one thing that I see a lack of is gratitude mm-hmm. because so many people are caught up in like what's next. And the one thing that I, I realized quickly that was a superpower if implemented on a regular basis is gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so special. And what I'm hearing you say here is that gratitude was just really instilled in you from such a young age and to have that beautiful role model in your mother, despite the struggles maybe that you and your family navigated to come back to gratitude is truly just really, it's really special. Yeah. 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 And it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is one of the reasons why Penn was so powerful was when I got there, Martin Seligman's work on gratitude was like, becoming internationally known Mm. and essentially they did a research and they found that if you just wrote down three things you're grateful for each day Mm -hmm. you're exponentially going to be more happy over time Mm. how easy so it doesn't matter what situation you're in doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what class you come from if you can just get caught up in the thank you everything else opens up everything else opens up good thing i start every work day if i sit down at this desk the first thing i do before anything else is write down Three things I'm grateful for. Come on. Bam, bam. Giddy up. Okay, so Penn, transformational. Yeah. Do you know immediately upon finishing at Penn exactly what you want to do with that education? So I'm at Penn, and it was interesting because I was in a program where I would have to fly to Philly for a week, a month, and then I'd fly back to Vegas, and I did that for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So in Vegas at that time, I was full force focused on building out a fitness camp. Fitness camp inevitably turned into a chain of four gyms. Hmm. And this inevitably would open up the doors for me to start working with Nike. Flashback 2007, I saw The Secret for the first time. And me and my friend created a vision board based off The Secret. And I put the swoosh up on there. And I started reaching out to the swoosh. And for six years, they never spoke to me. And then all of a sudden, 2014, um, somebody from Nike was in Las Vegas 
and they asked who was doing innovative stuff in the human performance space and fusing mindset into the workouts. So this yeah. is how Penn all of a sudden inserts and they come, came, did a workout and that was like my entrance into Nike. And so it wasn't like I had exactly the right direction with how everything was going to play out. I just continue to trust the feeling, yeah. continue to trust the vision, continue to trust this, this quote <clears throat> by Emerson that says, there's nothing capricious in nature. The implanting of a desire means that its gratification is in the constitution of the creature that feels it, knowing that like these visions that I've been given are not there to tease me. I have to trust them. And as long as I do the work and show up with heart, they're going to show up yeah. somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. It's so funny because that story we were, I mean, Joe was on the the show recently as well. And we were talking about Joe Holder and how like he ended up at Nike. It's always like someone just happens to be around. And yeah. It just happens yeah. to be someone like stumbles upon you. And it's totally one of those like stars align moments. You never know who's listening, who's watching, who you're inspiring, right. who you're impacting. And it doesn't matter if, you know, you want to say like, well, no one quote unquote follows me it doesn't matter you walk down the hallway you get in the elevator yeah. and you have the opportunity to impact absolutely anyone so you have the choice then on how you want to show up the minute that you step out the door or maybe you don't even need to step out the door right like how do you want to show up and it goes back to what we were saying before about the concept of like who do you want to be mm. yep. who do you want to be start there yep. and then act accordingly that's a that's a bar right there. It's a bar. Quote, Literally. quote that. <laughs> Bam. You start these four gyms and ultimately someone from Nike finds you. How does uh, that mix things up for you once that happens? So the gyms were an incredible journey. Um, it started with one. One grew to two. Two grew to us opening up a, a wellness space at Zappos headquarters in Las Vegas. Mm. And it just continued to, to blossom. And... <clears throat> I did a couple things. Um, one, vice is unchecked. When success comes, we'll only bring them right back to the surface. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a, a quote that one of my mentors told me. And he says, don't wait to be successful to act successful. Mm. So all of a sudden, all the success started coming in. And also, it started to really show me where I still needed a lot of deep work. And what that did is it opened up the doors for me to really start to go deeper, which inevitably led me to yoga. Mm. So 2012 to 2016, gyms opened up. 2015, we win business of the year, Mind Body Bold business of the year. 2014, signed to Nike. Everything is like just blowing up. I'm traveling, I'm training. Um, the life that I once thought I, the the life that I once dreamed of was now in the palm of my hands or I, I thought that I, I wanted. And I realized sitting on the balcony of my, my condo one day in 2016 that I was still kind of empty inside. Mm. Like I spent all these years focusing on building the dream, becoming like this top trainer working with like the top brands, traveling the world, making money and all that. But I still felt off and that's what opened the doors up for me to go to Bali 
and I stepped into a yoga class. And once I stepped into that yoga class, I actually, the yoga teacher came up to me after the class and said that I have no idea what's going on on my inside mm. and that I need to focus in and tune in and that yoga could be that pathway. And so that was the, the opening for me to step into the yoga space, which inevitably led me to walking away from my gyms and studying abroad and living abroad and traveling to go deeper into that that deep desire to find inner wealth rather than outer wealth. Yeah, it's when you get to that moment when you think, I have everything I want, but I still feel empty. Can you describe what that realization felt like for you? Was it scary? It was not only scary, it was like, <laughs> and it was an existential crisis on a the highest level. All those years I was told like, you get this, you get that, and then you're going to be happy. And those were the roadmaps that all of my vision boards and my dreams and even my visions led me to. Like, imagine some kid from the streets now owns one of the like top gyms in Vegas. Now he's traveling the world. Now all these things are in play. And I'm sitting on my balcony and I'm just like, I don't feel any different than when I was on the streets. That was a really big aha moment for me that something wasn't right. I remember, in fact, I had about 200 pairs of Nikes at that time mm -hmm. when I used to not even be able to afford Nikes. And so that moment right there is scary because two things happen. Like young Santiago and the alchemist as he's working in the crystal shop, you either go on the journey or you don't. And so I took the leap and in taking the leap, I always say if I would have known it would have been as hard as it has been, I would never have taken the leap, but I'm mm. so grateful that I took the leap. Yeah. Because it was crazy to walk away from societal validation towards something that people had no idea about. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my lovely sponsors. Welcome Bandit Running to the Hurdle family. Now, if you have been with me for a while, then you know that Bandit makes some of my staple favorites when it comes to running gear. They were actually founded by a friend of mine right here in Brooklyn. I've got a lot of their stuff, including the my newest obsession, Soft Speed Leggings which genuinely feel like a hug. <laughs> they feel like a hug when you put them on. The inside is so soft and the outside is smooth and sleek and honestly, just kind of sexy. Bandit's co-founder and chief designer, Ardith Singh. She's my girl. We're actually meeting up later for coffee. I've sat down with her multiple times in each conversation. It makes me love the brand even more. Everything she designs, it's about making you feel confident and powerful in your body with little details in each piece, like perfectly fitted phone pockets that make everything work exactly how you want it to. I am so amped for this new partnership and I'm excited to give you 15% off your first order to try Bandit out. And if you know Bandit, you know that they don't do offers frequently. So this is definitely something to take advantage of. All you've got to do is use code HURDLE15 at checkout and you're good to go at banditrunning.com. Again, that is banditrunning.com. Use code HURDLE15 at checkout. Now, worth noting, Bandit also has free shipping on orders over $100. And if you are in New York City area, they just opened a store in Greenpoint. Also got to give some love to my friends at Future. 
Future is a new way to get fully customized personal training that revolves around you. No matter what gets you moving, you'll find the guidance, the motivation, and accountability you need to push beyond your comfort zone. Future has all of the benefits of a one-on-one personal training without the one-hour time limit or a strict schedule. Whether you need tips for sleeping well the night before a race or nutrition advice after setting a new deadlift PR, your coach is ready to create a competitive edge wherever and whenever you're focused on fitness. And it all happens right through the Future app with the tools you need to plan your workouts, measure progress, and celebrate milestones. I am hooked on Future. I'm currently doing a four workouts with my Future coach each week, and I'm really starting to see some progress, which makes me feel all sorts of giddy and really strong in my body. Shout out to my coach who also happens to have the name Brandon. You are my guy. Now start your 30-day risk-free trial of Future today. Just head on over to tryfuture.com slash hurdle. That's tryfuture.com slash hurdle for a free month of training. You can cancel at any time. Personal training made modern only on Future. Let's get back to it. I have to ask because you said that the vices can resurface. Yeah. What were the vices that resurfaced for you? Yeah. So a lot of, you know, growing up in poverty, it's like post-traumatic stress, the streets, although it would never be claimed like that. When we have people who are served in the military, there's a lot of resources. But when you grow up in the streets, it's kind of like, ah, yeah, they should have done better. They should have known better. We're not given mental health tools. We're not given resources. This is why a lot of people slip into drugs and vices and mm-hmm. women or whatever that may be. And so me coming full circle and then having money, I realized that there were still deep levels of depression. There were deep levels of anxiety. There were deep levels of me trying to fill wounds through spending a lot of money and not having a healthy relationship with money. There was all types of anxious avoidant attachment styles. There was codependency. There was savior complexes. There was all these things that started surfacing more and more, the more quote unquote societally validated I became. Luckily, I had and have the, I've always had the deep desire to excavate what doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And so I always say it's like, it took it took 18 years for me to become like an overnight healed story. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it was a lot of excavation. And so all of that stuff came up and it came up full force. And I had to really sit with it and deal with it. And this is also one of the reasons why when I sat on that balcony that day, I was like, why do I feel so off? And so 2016, when I walked away, put everything in storage, moved to Bali, Indonesia, and since then, I've lived in Bali, Hawaii, Thailand, Peru, and, you know, have been on the journey. I would say that it took after that 2016 to probably 2021 that I was able to do enough deep introspection and work and have enough space to actually, like, put those things to rest mm-hmm. or either 
transmute those things into personal power or as a, as a means to like really harness my purpose. So it's been a lot of deep work. You know, they say that if a flower is not blooming, you don't change the flower, you change the environment. And so I was inevitably in a space where I was not blooming anymore. So I had to change the soil that I was in and that revolved me going on this journey to expand my perspective beyond the Western mind. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, when I took the leap, I was like, I'm gonna lose everything. I did, I lost my gym. I got sued for $650,000 plus. Mm. And I thought I was gonna lose all my connects with like, you know, the swoosh, Nike, with all the stuff that I built. And it was funny, about a year and a half later, I'm still in the space with all of these you know, companies and a lot of old clients. And what happened is they started becoming really interested in like what I was doing overseas. And so I put together some proposals and started to like plan my attack on how I could actually start sharing some of the wisdom from the East with the West. Mm -hmm. And so 2017, 2018 is when we really started to like, for me to bring yoga back into the communities and into the brands that I was working for, working with before that. And all of a sudden, all these doors opened up that were beyond my vision board. Mm -hmm. It was like the vision board was like <laughs> the first level <laughs> and then there was beyond the vision board. And I, I love to say like, what if the limit to your sky was just the beginning of your universe? Mm. So like for me, what I, my b grandest imagination was actually just the beginning for like what guy had for me. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's been the last three to four years is just being in that space. You know, I've, I've lived abroad since 2016 and I've worked in the West. Yeah. And so I go to the East, I go to the South. I haven't been up North yet, but I'm <laughs> on, I wanna go up, there's a little cold up there. Field trip. But, and then I, I bring these, these uh, insights and teachings back to the West. And what, what is interesting is people sometimes ask me like, well, what's your motivation? Or like, how did you really like find your, your truth or your teachings? Honestly, it's selfishly been a 20 plus year healing journey for me. Mm -hmm. And all I'm doing is sharing what has worked for me as I've healed myself from being a broken human yeah. from the situation I grew up in to a, to a more whole human. You, you're doing my job for me. <laughs> People sometimes ask me, I'm like, okay, please keep going. What else do they ask you? What would you say that uh, your purpose is? Love. Just love. Love. Love is my mission. Yeah. I was in Brazil and shout out to my former partner, Alex, soul sister, incredible yogi. She broke up with me. <laughs> and uh, we were talking and this was, this was like about a year into my yoga journey and she was she was saying like you're always on your mission but nobody knows what your mission is mm. and you never have time for love and so it put me in this introspective state and I was just like all right well what what really matters at the end of the day what do we all want like wherever you go in the world doesn't matter where you go what is it we all want. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what class you come from. Doesn't matter how much money you got in your bank account. And the truth is love. Love it. Love is it. And I was told that if your mission is not so big that you'll probably never achieve it, it's not big enough. And so when I declared love is my mission, 
it was like the universe was like, oh, oh, this is your mission? <laughs> and it threw everything at me to be like, maybe I should not have that as my mission. Mm. But that's that's truly my purpose. That's truly my mission is to understand love, love for myself, love for other people, love for this planet, and love love it just as a an anchoring energy that moves this world you know muhammad ali says service to others is the rent we pay for our time here on earth my angelo says people are going to forget what we said people are going to forget what we did but they'll never forget how we made them feel the general thread i feel that legacies are made from that truly last is is love that's the ripple that i want to be a part of and if i can just play one small piece in that that's that's enough for me. You mentioned that when you made the pivot into doing more yoga and incorporating yoga into your practice and bringing these teachings from west to east, mm -hmm. that a lot of doors opened for you, including uh, a pivot or a shift perhaps in the work that you had been doing mm -hmm. at the time with Nike. Mm -hmm. How does it feel for you to be a person of color in a space that conventionally may not be doused with a lot of color? Yeah, that's a great question. So in the West, it's not as ethnically diverse. You go to the East, you know, my time in India, it's all color out there. Right. But when I talk about or when we speak of like the shoulders of the giants that we're standing on from an ancestry standpoint, mm -hmm. I feel that it is my responsibility and duty with the opportunity that I have as a black man in 2002 to be able to travel the world the way I travel. I take it very seriously and I and I move with an urgency because not only am I so fortunate and blessed to be able to travel and to go to Peru and Bali and India, but we're also reclaiming so many lost teachings that we've lost just from years of fear and division and, you know, people not being in line with love. And so there's a deep responsibility that I feel I have. And I, I, I just want to share the, the, the tools with as many people as possible. One of the books that just inspired me so much, I've read it for the second time, is The Narrative of a Slave by Frederick Douglass. Mm. And he talks about the fact that like, once upon a time it was illegal to even teach slaves to read. And the fact that, you know, we have access to the world's information now and all the mystery schools are unlocked and literally at the click of a button we can tap into any type of esoteric teaching from yoga to tai chi to martial arts it would be a disservice to to not take full advantage of it my grandma and it's a whole different story but i met my father for the first time when i was 27 years old and in meeting him and then meeting my grandma, my grandma was actually one of the first black nurses in Vegas. And she used to have to go through the colored entrance at the hospital. Mm. And so even sitting here, having this conversation with you coming in from Costa Rica, I very well honor and know that I'm so blessed to be able to do that. And I take, I take this opportunity very serious.
Thank you. I also think that this resonates with the concept that in order, oftentimes on the show, I'm speaking with women, but I Mm -hmm. do dabble with a male guest from time to time. (laughs) And, you know, we say often, like, in order to be her, you need to see her. And so for you uh, to be in this place for other individuals of color who may not have felt represented in their practice previously, to be able to look to you and learn from you is also a beautiful opportunity. So as much as you are grateful for this opportunity, there are, uh, without a doubt, people that are grateful for you, which is just a really awesome thing thank you of course and so this all comes back now as i said at the top to this latest venture that you have with core power yoga how did that come to be yeah shout out to core power yoga such an amazing innovative company and it's been just an honor to align with a brand that truly is galvanizing love through movement but through their their philosophy and so to last year 2022 i got a message in the like default inbox on instagram Mm -hmm. like the one that you almost never see the one that you forget exists (laughs) yeah yeah yes Yes. and um it was sarah Choi. she's a cmo slash coo over at core power yoga and she was like hey um what are your thoughts about doing a keynote on on love for our company, All Hands? And we started some conversations and then the doors opened up and I was given the opportunity to do a keynote on love, which almost didn't happen because it was a week after my mother passed. Oh my goodness. But one of the things that I wanted to do last year, and this is why I entered the God pocket, quote unquote, mm-hmm. was I wanted to honor her. And so I I went ahead and I did this keynote and the keynote opened up some doors for me to come out to Denver. And then when I was in Denver, they started, you know, they they brought me into their new class format. And being that I've been in the sports performance space, but also, you know, thousand hours of yoga and been deep in the yoga space for a long time, I was able to like offer a unique perspective that really like gelled with the, the current creation that they were creating. And so it went from literally an Instagram DM to like <laughs> me collaborating in a really deep way in the last four months, really helping Core Power Yoga create Core Power Strength X as their first new class offering in 10 years as a way to help people truly strengthen their their mind, body, spirit and to like further push their mission forward which is to empower love from the inside out and so it's been incredible to just dive back into the corporate space yeah in a way that is heart open and in a way that infuses all the things i love which is mindset strength breath um intention and it's felt like just a a beautiful beautiful relationship that we've been able to like cultivate over the last, you know, six months now, but four months in deep project mode. And to be able to like now in 2023, offer this new class format to the world as a mechanism for people to really like build strength on the mat, but also build strength off the mat to like be stronger in their lives, mm-hmm. to be stronger in their relationships, to be stronger in their why and their purpose. I'm all about it. It's just, it, it gets me so excited. How do you get stronger in your purpose it's a great question so 
I'm going to give you a couple answers. Oh, I love, I love multiple choice. Okay. <laughs> Struggle. Struggle make us, makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. I always ask my clients, can you love yourself enough to struggle? A lot of times we want to bypass the struggle mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel good. Self-love asks us to give ourselves what we need, not always what we want. What we want feels good. I was just at a cafe down the way and I wanted this donut so bad. <laughs> it felt good, but it wasn't what I needed. No. The struggle was real. And I had a, if you look on my Instagram, there's some donuts out there right now. I just took a picture. <laughs> so allowing ourselves, loving ourselves enough to struggle. What a beautiful metaphor. Like in the gym, on the mat, there's going to be moments where we struggle, where you're met with that metaphorical resistance point. And the longer we can stay at what my mentor, Dr. Guadagnoli says is the edge of stretch, the more potential is activated. So just to break it down for you, there's this thing called challenge points theory. And Dr. Guadagnoli says that you have the comfort zone, you have the panic zone, and you have the stretch zone. You go too deep into the panic zone, it's all bad. Stay in the comfort zone, nothing changes. But the closer you can get to the edge of stretch, that's the line that divides the panic zone and the stretch zone, that's the magic spot across the board. And so for people who are really trying to like build strength, giving themselves that opportunity to struggle. The other thing, and I'll pull this from um, just my time at Penn, what they have found is the more we focus on our strengths, the less our weaknesses become apparent. And this is like pretty revolutionary in schooling and in teaching and in education and even in corporate culture. A lot of times we want to focus on what's wrong with us instead mm -hmm. of what's right with us. And so for like as a foundation, allowing oneself to struggle, but then also getting really clear on what one's strengths are and leaning into those, allowing those strengths to become stronger, inevitably are going to start to offset those preconceived weaknesses or possible actual weaknesses. And then thirdly, I think that the most important thing to really build potent, strong strength is to have a team around you. When we look at the greatest achievers of our time, they never did it alone. You look at LeBron James, he has an entire team. You look at Muhammad Ali, an entire team, Serena Williams, an entire team. We get to build a team around us of objective, heart-centric individuals that are all rooting for us to be our best. And what does that team look like? Maybe it's just some really good friends, or maybe it's a therapist, a life coach, a nutritionist, mm -hmm. a trainer. It's really about asking yourself, what do you need to amplify your strength and your potential to the highest level possible. And it also in the same vein of like building our team, it's also about also cutting the players that no longer serve us. See ya. Yeah. And I put people in three categories, nooses, anchors, and lifelines. Nooses are people that energetically strangle you out. Anchors are people that weigh you down and lifelines are people that build you up. And in a time and place where we don't have a lot of time, and our potential is asking us to truly step into it. Lifelines are only. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is like a full circle moment from the beginning of our chat when we were kind of 
insinuating or talking about how you get away from the anchors, right? Because sometimes it can feel as though we have such a strong tie or devotion maybe to individuals who don't serve us or don't act as a lifeline when we need them the most. Right. And that can truly be a challenging thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. To step away. It can be really, really hard. Yeah. And I think the key, the cornerstone, the master key of it all is Mm self-worth. When we really start to see ourselves as worth something and we start to treat ourselves as valuable, we start to really advocate for ourselves. We start to stop the things that are holding us back. We start to cut out the people that no longer serve us. We start to open up the doors that inevitably strengthen our being and that's where it really begins to get magical because the truth is we've all been gifted these one-of-a-kind expressions that we are and i think the goal of us being here is to like fall in love with what it is we are and the sooner we fall in love with what it is we are we can really get on to like celebrating this crazy i call it life awaska instead of ayahuasca (laughs) this this psychedelic experience of love that we've been gifted it's also when you fall in love who it is that you are and you celebrate who you are you become better at advocating for yourself like you said and also exercising your boundaries like it doesn't become such a maybe internal battle or struggle to ask yourself if you should stay true to what it is that you want. Maybe when you're in a situation that's beckoning for you to flex, it could be as simple as maybe, I don't know, being out on a date and one person, maybe your date wants you to stay for longer, but you know, you have a commitment in the morning. Well, when you honor what it is that you want and who it is that you are, You don't feel so maybe guilty or haphazard about being like, no, I'm out. Yeah. And you understand that the people that are for you will support you in the things that support you being the best version of yourself. But again, it takes kind of reps to get to that place. It's like, how does, how does a muscle strengthen? Like you Mm -hmm. give it something to push up against. Like how does our will strengthen? You give it something to push up against. Yeah. And so to get to that place where you feel comfortable, more comfortable, than perhaps previously exercising your boundaries, mm. that is also you getting one step closer to being in this place that we're talking about being life celebration, right? Absolutely. For sure. And For this sure. is this is why like movement is so powerful because beyond the body, like if we even talk about it from like a, a yoga standpoint, they actually say we have five bodies. Mm-hmm. You have the the physical body, the mental body, the energetic body, the wisdom body, and the bliss body. And the physical body is the access point through the soma into the rest of those bodies. And it's like the struggle that we can create through a curated environment, like a workout class, like like uh, going on a run, like martial arts. These all build the strength and fortitude to inevitably begin to stand stronger in our boundaries where we then say, you know, or there's a quote by my brother, Mark Groves. He says, uh, walls keep people out, but boundaries show people where the door is. Mm. And also that nobody that truly loves you will ever get mad at you for loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is the work. And in yoga, my master teacher, Sri Dharma Mitra would say, do the sadhana, unlock the cities. Mm. 
So the sadhana is intentional practice and the cities are the gift. When we show up and do the work, the work works, but you got to do the work. And inevitably it uplevels our ability to create environments for ourselves that are truly harmonious rather than something that is going to continue to loop us into like lower levels of our expression. When you look in the mirror, what do you see looking back at you? Love. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could say like a milk chocolate brother that (laughs) (laughs) some swagger, but. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, when I look in the mirror, I, I see all that I've become, but I also see my younger self. Yeah. That is 100% when I see what I look in the mm. mirror. I see how far I've come by looking at her mm-hmm. and also my potential on the other side of that. And it's interesting to hear that what excites you, what your purpose is, what you see, all three of those to be the same with the emphasis that you understand there's still more to embody under that category, right? Because to some, they may hear that and think like, well, if you're already here, what happens next? So what happens next? It's a process of blossoming and of becoming. Yeah. And I spoke about this recently that the orange or the or- the the full expression of the orange tree doesn't look at the seed as inferior it knows that the entire process from seed to orange was necessary and i feel like we are all in a process of blossoming and of becoming so there's no destination and that was the existential crisis i had when i was sitting in my condo in vegas was i had a destination i thought when i got xyz and was this level of body fat and this level of success, I was going to be happy. And I missed out on so many of the beautiful moments on the way to that journey. I got to that space and I wasn't even like fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's an expanding, it's an, it's a, it's an evolution. It's a blossoming of where we are over time that continues to blossom and continues to show us new shades of who it is we are. I think it's important to have a mission. I think a mission directs us. It, 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 it brings our focus towards things that are in alignment with that mission. So whatever a person's mission is, like have a mission. Mission and intention is the same thing. But when we're moving intentionally, it, it attunes us in a way that is much more aligned than when we don't have that. And I feel like I've arrived to today. And tomorrow I'm going to be a different person, which I'll arrive into that moment. Mm-hmm. And this adventure that we are on called life is going to continue to expand and show me different facets of that mission. One thing that's crazy about love being my mission is, and what I've learned is, in order to understand love, I also have to understand what is not love. Mm-hmm. And the universe has been dealing that up on a silver platter to me for the last three to four years Mm. full force and so i guess the warning label of like going after your mission is like once you declare your mission the entire universe will conspire to help that mission come to life you know quoting paulo goyello and 
that means sometimes there'll be challenges. Mm -hmm. That means sometimes there'll be breakdowns. That means there'll sometimes be struggles. But when we can look at all of those and say, thank you, that's when life, I believe, really gets magical. I could ask you what excites you right now, but I feel like you're just going to say love. Fatherhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talk to me about fatherhood. Another another aspect of love. Yeah. Um, so my mother passing away was a initiation. She was one of my best friends. It was the first person really, really close to me that passed away. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And it taught me so much. It was like, oh, this is one of life's master classes that you cannot sign up for. There's no, there's no degree that comes from this, but this was so potent. I feel like death and birth are two of life's most potent teachers. And so a lot of people have asked me as of late, what am I most excited about? And what I'm most excited about is the journey into fatherhood mm -hmm. and the journey into like taking all my teachings and officially like bestowing them onto the next generation. Mm -hmm. They say that it takes three generations to break out of poverty and the poverty mindset. My mother was the first generation. I'm the second. So to officially break the cycle of poverty in my family chain mm -hmm. is everything to me. Yeah, that's really special. Yeah. How does that idea make you feel? Oh, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. But I do still have some homies back in the streets that I'm going to, when I do have children, they're going to go like visit them for a weekend. So they like <laughs> make sure they have a little bit of street <laughs> swag and they're not completely that. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen. Yes. When you have an opportunity right now, knowing what you know at this point, to offer yourself a piece of advice, let's go back when you thought you had everything that you could ever want. You mm -hmm. thought that you were at the place that was supposed to be what success felt like and looked like, mm -hmm. and you realized that you were coming up empty. You have an opportunity to tell him something right now during that hurdle moment. What do you tell him? I say, Brandon, you're beautiful. And... You get to love yourself now as you are. You don't need to become anything else. You don't need to change a thing about you. You're perfect the way you are, imperfectly beautiful. And trust that everything will work out. And if I could like the anxiety, the the challenges, the the, the levels of like not feeling worthy for so long took a toll. And yeah. so like where I am now sitting in a, a place of really deep self-appreciation and worth, I feel that um, that's the advice I would give that dude. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us the deets. Yeah, so first and foremost, for anybody who is trying to take the new Core Power Strength X class, officially it is out nationwide. And it is 45 minutes of heart-thumping, exhilarating, mindful movement and strength that can be accessed at your local Core Power Yoga. So highly recommend y'all try out this new class. Let me know what you think. I'm super, super active on Instagram. That's my living journal, I would say. People think I'm putting quotes up for them. It's usually me teaching myself. <laughs> yeah. Hyping myself up. And um, also, I... And one of the founding experts of an app called Mind. It is a, it's the first ever emotion, social network that focuses on emotional pathos. And this is for those that are really trying to dive deeper. I have 180 plus lectures and I do two live classes every week. 
And then for those that are looking to dive deeper into the space of service and humanitarian work, each year I host a curated rite of passage from the jungles of the Amazon to the Andes that takes leaders deep into service, deep into connection, and deep into the magic of Pachimama. And um, also, (laughs) there you can find him nowhere. (laughs) And also, um, lastly, um, yeah, my classes have been up on the uh, Nike NTC app for quite some time. So if you want to also do some yoga classes with me there, um, feel free to drop in. But more importantly than that, each one of you all matter. Remember that each one of you all make this world a better place and continue to be the change, continue to shine your light, continue to share your truth and continue to remember that you are a gift to this world. So trust it, tune in and trust that you're you're here for a reason. Trust your purpose, trust your why, and most importantly, trust your heart. Tune in. Does this mean you're also on Netflix now? See. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find him around every yes. corner in every place. I'm so excited. I also just a side note before I just wrap this up. I um whenever I travel, without a doubt if I'm going to go work out, it's at a core power because I know it's going to be good. I feel like you don't know much like yeah. when you're in different cities, but when you're in a different city and you're like looking for a good workout, right. you can guarantee that if there's a core power like you know exactly what you're going to get and it's going to be great. That's I mean it's the biggest yoga brand huge, in, right? in the game. Yeah. And it's yeah, you know exactly what you're going to get from restorative all the way up to now core power strength. Yeah. So like the whole buffet. A lot of, of options. Options are there. A lot of options. All right. Well, you know the drill. I'm over at Emily Body at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.